Chapter Twenty One of A Prairie Schooner Princess by Mary Catherine Mall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One, The Blizzard. With the coming of November, bitter winds and cold rains began to beat across the prairies, and the thoughts of the pioneers were turned with deep concern toward providing for the winter. On an expedition up the river one day, Joe and Lige came upon a quantity of wild grapes and plums, and directly after the first frost the whole family made a day's excursion to the place and returned laden with bushels of fruit, a most precious commodity on the prairies where other fruits were not to be had. Mrs. Peniman set to work the next day and made it up into jelly, jam, and preserves, which constituted a most welcome addition to their meals throughout the winter. The pressing work at hand kept the whole family busy from daylight until dark, and December was upon them before they were aware. Early in the month there came a break in the bad weather, followed by a series of mild, warm days joshua peniman who had been carefully going through his stores and feeling some uneasiness in regard to the condition of their winter supplies hailed this weather with joy and determined to take advantage of it to make a trip to omaha then the nearest point at which they could obtain the needed commodities when mrs peniman was told of the project she looked much troubled it has to be done hannah he said answering her look when the winter storms set in we are liable to be blockaded here for months and we must be provided with sufficient supplies for our needs besides he added with a smile you know christmas is coming santa claus must not fail to visit us this year even if we are away out on the prairies dear man she replied patting his arm thee never fails to think of everything does thee of course santa claus must come this year but it chills my heart to think of thee crossing those dreadful prairies of course joe must go with thee no joe and lige must stay here to guard you and the little ones but i will take sam he is a bright boy and will be great help and company for me come now let us make out our lists for i would like to start this morning while the weather is bright and clear before ten o'clock he was on his way a long list of necessities in his pocket and sam by his side driving jim and charlie now sleek and fat and in fine condition from grazing on the rich grass of the prairies joe and lige were somewhat disappointed when they learned that they were to be left behind but when their father told them that he was leaving them to take his place and act as head of the house during his absence the pride they felt in the trust he reposed in them almost made up for the disappointment sam however was jubilant the prospect of the trip across the prairies with his father of again seeing a town thrilled him and he chattered away gleefully as tucked cosily under the buffalo robes made from the hides of the animals joe and lige had killed in a great buffalo hunt they had gone upon with Pashipado as they clattered away over the prairies the first night they put up at lancaster the little settlement on salt creek at which they had stopped on their way out and on the third day reached omaha after a rather wearisome and uneventful journey 
they put up at the american house and his father gave him three dollars and suggested that he might like to buy some things to bring to the folks at home and also to purchase some christmas presents for the family this was the first time that the thought of christmas had come to him and it brought with it something of a shock christmas this would be a queer christmas away out there on the plains all by themselves he thought of the christmases at home of the comfortable old house wreathed with greens and holly of the great christmas tree in the parlor the christmas dinner the stacks of presents and the jolly crowd of aunts and uncles and grandmother and cousins and other relatives gathered about the board a wave of homesickness went over him then the exciting thought of three whole dollars to spend took possession of him and he forgot his homesick feelings in planning what he should buy when his father set forth in the morning to make his purchases sam with his three dollars locked firmly in his hand ran from store to store he bought candy and peanuts and apples and popcorn a lace scarf for his mother ties for joe and lige ribbons for nina ruth and sarah a top for paul a doll for mary and a hobby horse and a large candy cane for little david the candy cane took his last penny and in fact he was obliged greatly to his embarrassment to change his order from a larger to a smaller candy cane because the one he had selected cost three cents more than he possessed well satisfied with his purchases he returned to the american house where he found his father with the wagon loaded waiting for him a fine new heating stove for the living room standing up grandly behind the seat jump in son he said quickly i have been waiting for thee i want to get on the way i'm afraid from the looks of the sky we are going to have a change in the weather they drove fast and reached lancaster by six o'clock in the evening by which time it had grown much colder they awoke the next morning to find a gray sky and a high northwest wind blowing his father had bought an ear cap and a pair of warm mittens for him in omaha and these he was glad to put on and he noticed when he took his place in the wagon that hot bricks had been tucked away in the bottom under the buffalo robes as they drove he noticed that his father was unusually quiet and kept casting glances at the sky he urged the team forward as fast as they could go even using the whip a thing he would never do except in extremities by ten o'clock the wind had risen and scattering snowflakes had begun to fall by noon the sky had changed to a deeper gray and the wind had increased to a biting gale it was shortly after one o'clock and they were clattering fast across the prairies when a sudden blackness almost as of night seemed to fall upon them for a moment the wind died down and a hush fell over all the earth that was like the hush of death all about them over the vast lonesome prairies came a tense ominous silence as if all nature were holding its breath then with a whoop and a shriek that was like all the demons of the inferno let loose the blizzard was down upon them 
its onslaught was so fierce and sudden that it staggered the horses and almost upset the wagon the snow that came on the breath of the terrific gale did not fall in flakes but in solid swirling sheets which blinded smothered and utterly bewildered them it stopped their breath it stung their eyes it lashed and beat in their faces like the beating of nettles all about them was a blackness almost like that of midnight and the eddying wall of swirling blinding snow driven by a ninety-mile gale caught them in its embrace drove the breath from their lungs froze on their mouths and nostrils and buffeted them with a fury that almost left them senseless the horses covered with snow almost as solidly as if it had been spread over them with a trowel stood with drooped tails and heads dazed and shivering not knowing which way to go through the demonic shrieking of the wind sam heard his father's voice get down in the bottom of the wagon under the robes joshua peniman shouted and tried to urge the terrified horses forward against the blast he knew that he dared not let them stop now he knew that come what would he must keep them going as long as they could stand he could not see a step before him all about them was a maze a stinging dazzling whirling wall of white that blown on the breath of the fierce northwest wind pelted and buffeted the very breath from his body in a shorter time than would have been believed possible the prairies were covered with snow all traces of the wagon trail blotted out and no indication anywhere which way to go the horses seemed utterly bewildered finding it impossible to keep them headed against the blast and fearing that if they once swerved from the direction in which they had been traveling that he would lose his sense of direction and become lost on the prairies he leaped out of the wagon and grasping the terrified team by the bits led them forward resolvingly keeping his face toward the west he knew that the wind was blowing from the northwest if he kept it on his right cheek he knew that he was keeping in the right direction the breath of the horses froze on their mouths and noses and walking beside them he had to continually wipe it away so that they could breathe stumbling along now protecting his own face and ears now the faces of the horses he prayed continually for guidance and help down in the bottom of the wagon against the hot bricks and under the buffalo robes sam gradually recovered his breath and began getting warm but fear and anxiety for his father made it impossible for him to keep still he wiggled out of the robes and suddenly appeared at his father's elbow you get in and get warm now father he shouted above the shrieking of the blizzard i'm warm now let me walk by the team the temperature had fallen to thirty degrees below zero by this time and warning pricklings of his face ears and feet told joshua peniman that he must take every precaution against freezing can you stand it for a few minutes he yelled with his mouth close to sam's ear i'm afraid my feet are freezing i'll get on some more clothes and warm up a little then i'll take them again keep the wind on your right cheek all the time the horses don't seem to know which way to go 
Sam took the bits, and his father climbed into the wagon. He rubbed his face and ears with snow, took off his boots and rubbed his feet, then warmed them against the hot bricks, put on his boots and wrapped his feet in pieces torn from the blanket. With another strip of the blanket he wrapped his head about, leaving only his eyes exposed. He knew that the one hope of their getting through the storm alive was for him to keep from freezing and able to direct their movements. When he had protected himself as well as he was able, he again sprang to the heads of the floundering horses and sent Sam back into the wagon to rest and get warm. In this way they kept their blood circulating and relieved one another. He thanked his precaution of bringing the hot bricks many times. Under the buffalo robes in the straw in the bottom of the wagon they could escape the fury of the freezing gale, and by taking refuge there at short intervals they were able to keep from freezing. Every moment the blizzard seemed to increase. They could scarcely see the struggling horses from the wagon now, and the snow drifting on the biting wind was getting deeper and deeper all about them. Sam, protected like his father with strips of the blanket tied around his feet and wound about his head up to his eyes, was struggling at the horses' heads when suddenly the wagon gave a lurch, tilted perilously, then stopped. The horses, up to their middles in snow, plunged and struggled, and Joshua Peniman leaped out, looked and uttered a deep groan one of the front wheels was broken at the hub for a single terrible moment the father and son stood gazing at the damage and hope almost vanished from their breasts then joshua peniman set to work to liberate the plunging horses we'll have to leave it he shouted struggling with his half-frozen fingers at the traces we'll have to trust the horses but our wagon the supplies our Christmas presents, Sam shouted back, trying to raise his voice above the howling and shrieking of the storm. Can't think of them now, gasped Joshua Peniman. We'll be lucky if we save ourselves. And having got poor Charlie loose from the disabled wagon, he lifted Sam up on his back and wrapped him about with blankets and one of the buffalo robes. Then, taking the other robe from the wagon, he mounted Jim, and, wrapping himself up as best he could, led the way straight into the teeth of the roaring, stinging vortex that hissed and shrieked like ten thousand demons about their heads. "'Keep close!' he shouted to the boy. "'Keep Charlie's head straight up against Jim's tail. "'Don't lag. Don't get out of my tracks, or we're lost!' The drifts were now up to the bellies of the horses, and growing deeper every moment. The wind had increased to a degree against which they could scarcely stand, and the snow came down in such solid sheets of blinding, dazzling white that they could not see a foot before them, could not keep their eyes open against its pelting fury, might almost as well have been stone blind as they beat their way struggling stumbling floundering against the storm after a few moments of frantic struggling the horses stood still shaking and trembling instinct urging them to turn tail to the storm yet kept facing its cruel onslaught by the firm hand upon the reins 
again and again one or the other of them stumbled and fell and each time they got to their feet with greater difficulty joshua peniman had given up trying to ride and was again walking at their heads urging them on patting encouraging helping them all he could he knew that none of them could last long he knew that the horses must soon fall and perish and that no human creature could hold out long against the cold that seemed to grow more intense with every passing hour with all the strength all the faith that was in him he prayed for help End of chapter twenty one